Hello and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast, where we listen into a group of rural firefighters as they give their opinions on the challenges they face both on and off the fireground. We release a new episode every week, so please hit that subscribe button, leave us a rating, and share this with your fire family and friends. Now on to this week's episode, where as always, we ask the question, are you DTFF? Hello and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast. My name is Carl and tonight I have with me one, two, three, four, five members of my firefighting family. I have Ash. Hey Carl. I have Kev. Good evening. I have Rob. Good evening Carl. I have Mr. Spence. Hi Carl. And all the way from sunny California, I have Mr. Scott. It's actually really cloudy and cold here right now, so that's okay. Oh, that's, isn't California uh, it's hello, girl. supposed to be sunny all the time? It's also nighttime. Yeah, oh. I thought so too. What is it? The postcards always say. Oh, uh, yeah, I always thought it was supposed to be sunny there, like, all the time. Ridiculous. Arnold, Arnold led me to believe. This sounds like false advertising. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, we are going to go over to... Did it, oh, actually, Scott, why are, you, why are you where you are right now? I am at the... Well, not right now, but I'm... I'm at the Gracie Jiu-Jitsu Academy taking a taking a course for uh, for law enforcement and first responders on how to control subjects. And uh, they opened it up last year to um, first responders, including firefighters and paramedics and law enforcement and military. And the reason why they did that is because uh, for the first responder side is because sometimes we get there on scene first and have to deal with um, unruly subjects and unruly patients if you're a paramedic. And that's why I'm here right now taking a called Gracie Survival Tactics. <clears throat> Wicked. You were there, I think you were there last year too, weren't you? Uh, yeah, a couple of years. Yeah. Two years ago? Actually, no. I... Uh, yeah, a year and a half. Yeah, Yeah, year and a half. Yeah. Are you sick, Scott? You sound <laughs> sick. <laughs> no, I got choked. I got choked. That's what happens when you get to. You get choked. <laughs> <clears throat> me and uh, me and Scott do jiu-jitsu together and uh, his favorite position to to get me in is uh, neon <laughs> neon belly and it is the worst horriblest nastiest position because I can I, I have really tough time getting out of it when he's there and today you got neon belly by one of the Gracie boys right yeah that uh, sucks a lot more than anything I could possibly give you <laughs> <laughs> he, really, he was just demoing it he wasn't even doing it hard <laughs> that makes me happy. Um, <laughs> and on with the episode. So, um, Rob, you got some news for us? Uh, yeah, I found this come through on the uh, the interwebs the other day, uh, out of Australia. Uh, the The headline on this says firemen are banned from climbing ladders more than two meters high because they might fall off and hurt themselves. Um, reading further in, this has to do with the air. Uh, firefighters that work out of airports um, so they're not allowed to they're not allowed to train on ladders over two meters high because for health and safety reasons um, doesn't apply to any of the other firefighters in the uh, in the country there but uh, just at airports um, they're looking at they're looking at other ways to or alternatives to train using ladders safely. <coughs> 
Um, virtual reality or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and reading through this, and I mentioned too to Carl here, uh, one of the quotes here from uh, their chief, uh, their fire chief fire officer, uh, he said that uh, uh, he described the ladders as out of date and a safety hazard for their people. That is an interesting comment. <laughs> Apparently, Australia Airport. Are they, they going to run elevators off of their trucks, or uh, how are they going to? How are they? Escalators. Are escalators. Escalators. Yeah. Maybe that's where they're. Well, going. Inter- interesting. To reading this says that airport firefighters have also been banned from using power saws and now have to wait for local firefighters to bring different tools if they need to cut through material. Wow. Interesting. <laughs> interesting. Um, Ash, you got something for me on that? <laughs> I don't even think I want to have something for you on that. That's crazy. Um, I think at some point in there, I read that uh, they're, for the time being, so they're not training it, but they're allowed to use them on a call. So Correct. So it says they can work with high ladders, but they can't climb them. <laughs> Spence, you got something for me? Uh, <laughs> yeah, like, I do, yeah. Here you go. <laughs> Why the hell do people at the airport need ladders when they have stair trucks? <laughs> uh, like I'm looking that. at one here on the internet. That's way safer, actually. That yeah. is way safer than a ladder. Yep. I would throw a ladder at every scene if I could just drive right. it up to the window. <laughs> I think we need to post that picture. Uh, yeah. Ladders are acidite. It's a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh just drive your staircase right drive up to your the, staircase the, the nice Whatever you want. That's wicked. Yeah. Done and done. Yeah. But I mean, if if we took that style of thinking, we should just stop training live fire. Well, I mean, That's it's dangerous. pretty dangerous oh, yeah, with dangerous. all the fires. Well, I, don't, well, the heat, don't I understand. Heat. I understand that there are height restrictions, obviously, in airports, and I understand. Yes, there's giant planes and things flying around, but ultimately, if you're using ladders, <laughs> you're, you're not going to be on the tarmac. Well, you're not going to be training them on the runway, are you? I don't. I don't get the mentality. But then when they fly over the top of you. They're not like flying over the directly kind of four meters above the roof of the building. It's probably or the helicopters over... that's really the big issue, you know? Is yeah. That, I, 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 what's that? Is that why they're doing it? Is that too high for the, the planes are going to do it? No, this is they they're... can't use over two meter ladders, I don't know. It's a, it's a fall. Like, they're concerned about falling off a ladder. Well, didn't they mention... I mean, like, yeah, because, like, yeah, like Kevin said, I can see them around helicopters, you don't want anything over two days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's just ridiculous. <laughs> but then he was saying something about outdated ladders, like, yeah. part of it's because They're of outdated being... ladders. Go buy some new ladders. No, I, don't I think it's actual outdated, but using ladders technique. is outdated. Using hey, them is outdated. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's, got, wow. he's got new methods. We've come so far. Stair cars, man. Yeah. Rocket firefighters. Rocket packs. Rocket packs. There you go. Yeah, you're in an airport. Maybe that's maybe Problem they're upgraded. Solved. They're they're all getting uh, Iron Man seats. Yeah. Stair trucks. Huh? I mean, they stair trucks is the new. You know, they quote you, you get a stair truck. You get a stair truck. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the safety of our people is very serious. What's that? I'm not sure we're about Nana's stair truck. They had a stair truck in some TV show. Arrested Development. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> 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 
on with today's episode. Are you sure? No, let's keep going. This is great. This is just going to be like 40 oh. minutes of ladder talk. What? You got one? You got Utility some? vehicles yeah. can tie right into stair trucks. Stair trucks. Well, well, oh. Sweet. As to and it comes full circle. <laughs> so today's episode is our third part of our Structure Fire series. <laughs> Um, and we are talking about utility vehicles. So we had first do, we had second do, and this is utility vehicles talking about the other things, the other vehicles that you do or may have in your uh, in your in your possession that you can use, um, or at least things that maybe you can get hold of. Um, because I know in one of our scenarios we actually had to get well when we got the for the school fire. Oh yeah, yeah. Right, swings away that too. So uh, other vehicles, other vehicles on scene that either you have in your fleet or in certain situations you can always call in as well to 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 use and make use of. Uh, thinking outside the box as as we always try and do. So um, we're gonna we're gonna go uh, we're gonna go with we're gonna go we're gonna go with Spencer and we're gonna talk about the high up. <laughs> what was that laugh? It's like you saw a dirty picture or something. <laughs> Spencer loves the high up. <laughs> All right. Spencer, high up. Spencer's last podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no one out in podcast land wants to hear or is interested in what I have to say about the high up. So maybe you should choose something different. So maybe, yeah. <laughs> Somebody needs to talk about the high ups. <laughs> let's, do, let's do tenders. You're let's the most qualified. I got something to say about the high up that the podcast people will maybe want to listen to, but I don't <laughs> want to talk about the high up. Let's do tenders. You're on tenders. Okay, I'll throw my two assets in about the high up later. Um, water tenders are a fantastic asset. Um, what can you say about water tenders? Well, let's set the scene. So, let's set the they scene. bring so, water. They uh, we're we're in the situation now. We've got, shit's got we've got the first. We got the first. Yeah, sorry, I threw you off completely. We got the uh, so first. Do we've ran through? We know then what the first vehicles do, and second vehicles also arrive now on scene. And a lot of the situation now is just going to revolve around consistent water flow. And if you are not tied into a hydrant, or at least not close enough to one, or one of the trucks maybe is and the other one isn't. We need a situation where we need that consistent water flow. So we've got, luckily we've got two tenders. We do. And um, we're very lucky to have them. Yeah. But do you want maybe just uh, maybe just give a little bit more info of how we use them yeah, for um, sure. in the structure fire situation. Yeah. Um, so as some listeners may or may not know, we are in a very large rural type of environment here. Um, we are in a small town. Um, but we do have a very large fire protection district. Um, so that leaves most of our fire protection district not in town, being that the town is small. So in order to get a good water supply, you can either lay kilometers of hose from the nearest hydrant and try and find the nearest hydrant and, and have that big long hose, which just isn't feasible. So what we do is water tender operations. So the water tenders can lay... Um, portable tanks the engines can draft out of them as if they were a small swimming pool that we put there ourselves and the tenders can dump their water into those and then go to wherever their nearest hydrant is fill themselves back up head back to the fire replenishing the engines with their water do you know how much water <coughs> ours can carry yes how much 
the old one, I believe, is 1,500 imperial gallons, mm-hmm. and the newer one is 2,000 imperial gallons. It's so quite it's a, a lot of water. And I and hear it's a one-off. Like, it's almost impossible to find one. It's, that yeah. Uh, yeah, the, uh, the big truck is kind of like a unicorn. It is. Mm-hmm. Because uh, our special needs here is that uh, we kind of want to fall into the parameters of using a regular automotive driver's license to drive it with an air brake endorsement. So that kind of limits us to a single axle truck. If you get a tandem axle truck, you can put lots of water in, but then you need an upgraded driver's license, which we don't want to require our people to have. Right, right. Because we want everyone to do everything, be able to do everything. Like drive trucks, hey, Scott? So (laughs) (laughs) it is tough to put... 2,000 imperial gallons. 2,000 imperial gallons is about 2,500 U.S. gallons. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot of water, a lot of weight. What is it? <clears throat> 10 pounds a gallon? Something like that? I don't I'd take or give, yeah. Yeah, something like that. So it's a lot <clears throat> of weight on a single axle truck. Yeah. That thing yeah. is not fast. By that thing is not fast. No. Yeah. So what we're what we're saying here with these, we use them, we drop them, uh, we drop them just kind of we drop them around by the trucks. We've got portable bladders. Um, so if one truck is hooked to a hydrant, um, then we still need water supply for the other. So we would still run them back and forth. Obviously, when we're rural, sometimes, like Spencer was saying, we're so far away from hydrants that mm-hmm. there's just no way we can run um, run hose to it. It's just completely um, pointless, basically. So we bring in the tenders, and then the tenders drop the bladders, and they do the run into the back and forth. Okay. So I'm just going to do a quick little weekly I am responding plug here. Because <laughs> we uh, generally, when we're out on those scenes in the rural areas, we utilize our IM responding because we have most most of our rural hydrants marked in there, so we can get a location quickly off of that, and that's generally the quick, easy way for the tender to figure out where they need to go to resupply. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> it's super useful to once you've marked all those things on there and having them in place. Um, we know that okay yes along this road we're going to pass one so again we can be making those plans like we were talking about before um whether we're doing reverse lays or forward lays or whether we're making those decisions we know where we're stopping to be able to get off and and make those judgment calls on the truck before we even get to scene which is super important spence did you have something else give me half a sec okay no problem at all Mm -hmm. so um with the tenders, um, there's kind of it's kind of a it's a bit of a skill, honestly, and it seems really easy. You go, you fill up, and you come back. But mm-hmm. there's definitely a timing thing that seems to fit because I know, I mean, I, being on scenes, I've seen guys <laughs> that drive the tender, yeah. and there's some guys that just they just boss that thing. They they know exactly what they're doing, where they're going is quick. By the time you feel like your bladder's kind of almost empty, yeah. they're back and they've already done two runs. It's it's insane. If you look at someone like Jason, um, mm-hmm. who is a professional driver um, with upgraded licenses and stuff, you see the way he can place that vehicle on scene. Uh, especially, I know we're talking about structure fires, but um, especially on things like wildfire and things like that. It's mm-hmm. it, the embankments and stuff you can get to. It's, it's pretty impressive. Uh, Rob, you want well, Going to our high or our uh, tenders that we have on hand, um, they've got portable pumps on them. So to kind of sidetrack from structure fire, because we did that last episode, we kind of got sidetracked with our <coughs> tenders on yeah, the last call too, is that they do have their own portable pump 
on them so we can utilize them somewhat as a firefighting um, not engine but at least a tool yeah. uh, use the pump on those if we had to like we have used on grass fires before so just to sidetrack with her well even yeah. on a even on a stretcher fire if there was a situation where um, <clears throat> it was a it was a large fire uh, we could even potentially set up a bladder with our pump and just have a group of guys working on interface stuff making sure that it wasn't getting away in a grass fire right um, Spence, do you want to talk away a little bit more? Yeah, so there's a um, there's a fire department in our neck of the woods, sort of. Um, we've got some friends on this department. And what they utilize is a roll-on, roll-off type of thing. If you're familiar with, um, like, roll-off garbage trucks that have the big, uh, those great big dumpsters uh -huh. that you just roll onto a truck and drive away, they're doing that same idea, but with uh, firefighting apparatus. So they've got big flat decks as their tenders, um, and they're tandem axles, and they have the option of uh, a 2,000 gallon rigid tank with a pump, or a 2,500 gallon bladder tank, and they also have the options of uh, air recharge or generator units that they roll onto these flat decks. So um, rather than having a dedicated tender with just a tank on it, they can roll on, roll off these different pods. And that's kind of neat. <clears throat> I was just uh, looking up their website so they didn't get anything wrong. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. Super, that's a good way yeah. of doing it. It yeah. is, yeah. Sure. So what they can do is, uh, and we've been talking about this a little bit also, um, they can take this pod that has a 2,000-gallon tank and a pump on it, roll out to somewhere, and just drop that whole unit off and go and fetch the bladder tank. So the truck sort of does multiple things. Right. And they just leave some water and a, and a pump at the scene. That's pretty cool. That's yeah. Cool. Uh, how that pertains to structure <coughs> fire, maybe, maybe not, but yeah. Yeah, just, just other options. It's certainly another option. I think knowing, we are talking about structure fires obviously here, um, and it is mainly a, a use for, in our instance, for, for getting water to situations where we're just not near a source. Um, but we still have to, I think, touch on the, the other things that you could be using your equipment for, mm -hmm. right? Just a little bit, you know, just those situations are, are good to good to know that you when you've got that piece of equipment you could use it here scott you got some yeah i was just um with that roll on roll off thing on a structure fire it would actually be good for um, like mop up because i know sometimes there's been times in the past where we need to get the engines back to the hall because we're way out in the outer reaches of our of our area and we want to get the engines back so we've actually tied into uh like swimming, swimming pools and stuff, or lakes and stuff. Um, but yeah, that roll on, roll off thing would be, would be pretty good for that. Sure. Or just for a mop up, leave it there. That way it's not tying up the whole engine. Yeah, that's right. If only we had something like a crane truck to uh, look at. <laughs> 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 All right, have at her, boys. <laughs> Uh, she got, you got something for me on the... <laughs> yeah, I was just going to bring it back to the tenders. Uh, for Structure Fire, I believe uh, Spence and Scott responded to a call in a tender uh, to a neighboring department to help on Structure Fire. Did, did you not, right? Yeah. So, and I don't know if this is common. I don't know if we added it on. But we have SCBA equipped on our water tenders. We have a pre-connect inch and a half nozzle pre-connected to our water tenders. 
uh, or to at least our newer one, uh, which is good. Uh, so it is a, it can be utilized as a standalone, I mean, you wouldn't want to send that as a first view by any means, but a standalone structure fire apparatus, you could send that out there yeah. with a lot of water, a pre-connected line. I mean, you guys went and responded as a, was no, it we, did, we didn't go in the tender. Oh, you didn't, eh? No. You just went and... Maybe we took a uh, like bush truck or a panel? Well, I know right. a few times yeah. that we have yeah. taken our tenders out for mutual aid to a local mm -hmm. department, uh, or at least a neighbouring department, who doesn't actually, they didn't, they didn't have one of theirs, was in for repair, something. It's but, something like that, yeah. you know, it, it's one of those situations that because it's equipped with that line, mm -hmm. we could, you know, yeah. it would be a real weird, odd situation that we'd be fighting it with a tender, but... I mean, I'm sure we've, I know we've used it in grass fires mm. to do that. Absolutely we have, and I'm we sure we'll continue to do that. Three guys and 2,500 <laughs> gallons of water coming to help you. Well, the paramedics would. The paramedics would. Fucked. Anyway. Anyone else get anything on tenders? They're good, use them. Yeah. Get good with them. Yeah, get good with them. They're a fantastic tool. Yeah. So um, another tool that we have in our arsenal is the HIAP. We have a HIAP. Um, Spencer's not over the phone right now, otherwise I'd put him on mute. But <laughs> Spencer doesn't agree with the HIAP and he has his reasons and everyone has their reasons. I don't, I don't, we haven't used it much, really. Um, we're not trained on it really much. We've, we've played with it a bit. But uh, I'm sure there's situations where we may have. You got something? I have a quick. When was the last time we utilized it during a call? Just a quick question there, because. <laughs> <laughs> like I've been here. For... I don't think we've actually used it on a call yet. No. No. How long we? How long we had it? Sorry, sorry. On a on a fire call, because we we have used it for uh, flight control. We used it for a lot actually last year. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah, for, for soundbites so and stuff. It, yeah, it, it is. It is a useful piece of equipment. Um, I know Spencer doesn't agree with it as an elevated water source, um, but overall, I think it's a useful piece of equipment for um, for what we used it for last year with the with the sandbags because it, it we help we managed to put on I don't know how many sandbags were on that flat deck. Um, Lots. Now, it's, it's kind of original intent was as an elevated water source. Now, we haven't used it for that. And, um, quite often, it's forgotten. Um, I could see it being used on a very large fire, such as what you guys alluded to earlier, the school fire, or when we had the hotel burn down, um, because that was a very long um, fire. Uh, we ended up commandeering, what did we commandeer some lift? Uh, what was this thing called? Scissor lifts. Yeah, like, it was the, the apple pickers. Scissor lifts. Thank you. Yeah. So school, we, we, we took some scissor lifts, um, and then we also uh, actually used some uh, some utility trucks. Their uh, their lift baskets during uh, a large uh, hotel fire. So no, it doesn't get pulled out very often, but it does have its uses for certain things. I don't think it's, it's intent was for elevator water. It's one thing we haven't used it for yet on any real fire. Yeah. Yeah. Spence. My major beef with the thing is call a spade a spade. It was snowed to us saying this is going to be your elevated water supply. If you think you need an elevated water supply, people, make a justification for it and buy a goddamn ladder truck if you think you need an elevated water supply. Don't half-ass it. The Hayab is useful for what 
it is, it's a deck truck with a crane on it. That does not equal water supply, mm-hmm. elevated water supply. It's a truck that ties up another truck <laughs> to give you an inch and a half, 50 feet in the air. I don't think that's worthwhile. There that's all I have to say about it. Yeah, that's fair enough. <clears throat> and that's the thing with these, right? Like, sometimes you don't make the best decisions or you make the best decision at the time for what you think is the right thing to do and we all do it with our budgets there's all things i'm sure that we've bought and looked back on and went eh, probably could have put that somewhere else um and this maybe is one of those things for us i don't know i don't really have much of an opinion on it i've never really used it and i've not seen a situation yet where we have but who knows we may in the future it's definitely very useful for uh, when spring comes and the flooding starts and moving things back and forth for that, it's super important. But as to a structure fire, um, yet to uh, yet to see see the real solid use. But Scott's right. Maybe it'll maybe it'll show up, and maybe there will be a situation where we require it and need it. So that's and, the... and I think as we talked earlier, um, possibly making one of those um, removable pods, whether it's for mop up or for uh, maybe grass fires. I think that'd be a pretty good use of that empty flat deck, as Spencer was talking about. Yeah, instead of leaving a bladder out there, we could have a few of those for um, for uh, for cleanup, mop up on uh, on grass fires, maybe. Stretcher fires too. Throw a tank on the flat deck there, have it sitting out here, or whatever. High have it up on there, fill it up, take it out with a pump. That would be great for grass fires. Yeah, I know there's some weight restrictions. Um, so like, could it not go out empty well, and be filled up by a tender and then the police is there on scene? Right. I don't know. There's, there's options I know some guys were discussing it. Um, yeah. It's definitely an interesting thing to have. And it's very helpful in the training ground. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. super helpful for that. And um, seminar for sure. Yeah, yeah, and seminar. Yeah, 100%. yeah I mean, I wouldn't get rid of it for anything now. I mean, yeah, we got some really cool stuff coming, but for what we utilize it for, for training, for the training grounds, for seminar, for stuff like that. Um, I mean, we can haul sandbags and pick up trucks and flat, you know, we've got how many flat deck trailers that we can, you know, pull into the fold, uh, which we can kind of tie into this. <clears throat> you utilize anything that you can get your hands on. So any utility vehicle could be a flat deck trailer, could be a, um, a scissor lift, whatever. So just because we have, um, this high ab that we're using now we could supplement something else in its place but for training and for what we actually use it for it's next to irreplaceable mm-hmm. now i don't know how we could do some of the things that we do without it yeah it's useful it's got its purposes for sure mm-hmm. Rob, okay. i think we're the only department i know that has one <laughs> is, that, is, there, is that good? Is there a reason? <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, there is some oddity. Like, well, even when I'm being down here, there, there's an odd, there's like a, is there, the Torrance uh, fire station's right there here. And there's this kind of weird bush truck drives by, but it's got like like sidewalls on it. I'm not really sure what it's used for because it's not a medical truck. So, it almost looks like a utility vehicle, but I don't know what they're, what they're doing with it. And it keeps driving around with Code 3 on it, so I'm not sure what it's doing. That's their forced entry truck. <laughs> <laughs> Robbie, I'm going to get a picture of it next time. And then, for Spencer's pleasure, they also have a uh, tiller steer ladder truck here. Sweet. Mm. It went ripping by today. I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Nice. Well, well I was going to say, with talking <clears throat> structure fires in the high ab, how many structure fires have we had where after we're done, we think of, oh, the high ab would have been great for getting elevated, but we did just fine without it. I guess that's the problem, though, is like we need a specific person to be driving it. We need a specific person to be operating it. And as we're all kind of running around to the point of where, hey, you know what, it might be useful, that person's utilized somewhere else or... Or not there. Yeah, or not there. Yeah, you need, legally, I mean, you need to, you need to get a license and stuff for it. I'm going to move us away from this. And we're going to go on to something less salty in, uh, in Spencer's, <laughs> mate. <laughs> we're going to move to your favorite vehicle in the fleet. Cool. You want to talk about it? Yeah, sure. Go for it. Uh, we've got what we affectionately call the Scooby Van, and it's a 1968 Dodge A100 panel van. She's a beaut. She is a beaut. Um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> all, or, we bought it new in 1968. All of, all, of what? all of our trucks are really cool. They really are, all of them. Yeah. But this one especially. It's unique. It's quite unique in that it has stood the test of time. Um, it's barely got 14,000 miles on it. And uh, we uh, use that on a lot of major calls. We've decked it out with um, <coughs> racks for holding uh, SCBA bottles. Um, our SCBA compressor is at the hall. We don't have a portable unit, so we have to shuttle bottles when we need to fill them. Um, that's one thing that we use it for. We load it up with manpower to go mutual aid sometimes. We load it up with sandwiches. When we're out on a long call, the wives make sandwiches and they fill it that van up. And it's just a cool looking van. It's got the cool patina on it. The paint's rubbing off in all the places that people touch it for the past 50 years. Yep. Yeah. It's just a super cool truck. It is awesome. It's, uh, <clears throat> we use it a lot during seminars and stuff, but on big fires especially, bringing the food back and forth, extra air bottles, taking them back and forth. Shuttling guys. Shuttling guys, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's it's been utilized a lot. And uh, I don't I don't know if we'll ever get rid of it. It is literally it's a museum piece that still is is functional for what we what we use it for. Mm -hmm. You get the it's most cool. head turns and thumbs up with that. <laughs> yeah, so true. Yeah. Any other trucks at all. It. So true. And it's probably got the best millennial anti theft device in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's got a three in the tree transmission. Yeah. That is wicked. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you're right. Victor, how much do we buy it for? How much do we buy it for? How much would I buy yeah. it for? I'd buy it for a lot. Uh, how much did we buy how much did we buy it for? Do I don't know. Whatever. Uh, oh, oh, you never heard that story? No. We bought it for one dollar. Oh, that's right. Oh, cause, one dollar. Yeah, because the town leased it, right? Something like that? No, it was something to do with uh, back in the old days. They were getting rid of surplus or something. I don't oh, know. Your dad was telling me once. A ground we bought it for one dollar off the government. Yeah, sweet. <laughs> there you go. Dollar maybe Bob can, can uh, explain some earlier, but I remember it was one whole dollar. Yeah, yeah. That was awesome. A bargain. So <clears throat> that's what we that's what we tend to use that one for, um, especially on stretch of fire. It's great for the air bottles back and forth. Um, the only the only other vehicle really that um, maybe somebody who was on the fire we could talk about, and it wasn't one of ours. This is when we talk about utility vehicles. Sometimes there are situations where um, you you don't have, and this is again when it comes back to not just being a volunteer firefighter. 
but there are situations where maybe you need something else to get the job done. And if you know enough people and you have the right contacts and you can get them there, then you can get anything you need. And in one of our instances, when we had the school fire, um, we had a, um, uh, was it a bulldozer or was it, it was a backhoe, right? A backhoe? The, uh, the hotel fire. That hotel, was hotel fire. Excavator. Yeah. 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 There's a couple of fires where we use excavators. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, that's excellent. The, the utility vehicles that we're talking about tonight, um, you commandeer stuff that's available. Um, we used excavators to sort of dig through the collapse of a building. It wasn't looking for people inside of a collapse. It was the fire had burnt and there was concern of, of a collapse. So we controlled the collapse with yeah. an excavator. And then we dug through with the excavator, putting out hot spots. Oh, with that too, you utilized the electrical company, or that was on scene, used their bucket trucks to get elevated too on that. On that very same call. <coughs> yeah. Yeah. Wasn't there, I thought I heard a story about the high school, they actually like created a fire break with the building with excavators. Oh, it could have been, yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. That was what I was saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tore through the building uh-huh. with an excavator. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those situations again where... Um, if you can think outside of the box and you know that we've got these things close by and we can get hold of the people to be able to do these things, you're, I'm, you're not alone, right? Like if you're trying to stop these things and you come up with it, throw the idea to your chief and maybe it's a solid one and we can get the ball rolling on it because it definitely mm-hmm. helped on the calls it was used for. Like mm-hmm. you said, it stopped and helped control an entire collapse of the, the hotel building of that portion. And then again, used to drag major rubble to make sure we did the cleanup properly. Scott, you got anything on that? Well, it's also um, that same like area where the hotel was. Um, you know, we're an older town, so we have that that old building construction where basically all the shops are 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 linked together. And I remember the old chief, like what is that, about three chiefs ago now. Um, he had told me once he goes, you know, the, the best way to do it would be just to sacrifice one of the shops and run a bulldozer right through it or, or a backhoe. So you do have to create a fire break to save the rest of the buildings similar situation north of town where they brought an excavator into because it was I think it was a pile of sawdust or something and it was just smoldering like crazy mm-hmm. inside and they had to dig around in it yeah. <clears throat> it's uh it's one especially being in a rural community like we were talking about even just getting the, the cherry pickers and some of the scissor lifts right like well a lot of these guys have got them just in their orchards mm-hmm. there's other options around you there's there's part of being that rural community is you have those extra vehicles probably handy it's just knowing and remembering that you can utilize these things in situations if you don't have other equipment to subsidize what you do have just grab those things give them a call and get them out there to 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 help out right yeah i remember during the big uh we had the big mudslide that happened um one of the one of the random farmers just showed up with a backhoe and he's like if you want me to dig a, a trench here yeah, and uh, we ended up doing that. And it basically, it saved the bridge by doing that. Yeah. Even though, uh, even though there's some argument from uh, some of the ministries, 
but by doing that, we saved the we saved the bridge. Yeah. Um, and that was just a random random farmer just showed up. He's like, "Hey, I got a backhoe. How about how about we dig a hole here?" We're like, "Okay, yeah. that's good." Well, we got authorization from a high up government official that came by just after that farmer was there. So the guy, the farmer shows yeah. up with a backhoe, and then he left. And then this government official showed up. Um, I happen to know him. He was a member on our department. Mm-hmm. So we got to talking with him and said, you know, this guy offered to make a break in this and then dump it in the river. And he said, well, that's a great idea. Let's do that. So I said, well, you know. Well, and just before that, just before that, another lower official <laughs> had told us we can't do that. <laughs> the higher official went, the, the higher official said, we can, no, no, uh, we're doing that because that yeah. makes the most sense and most uh, fiscally uh, responsible rather than let the whole bridge out. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Whole layer. <laughs> so we called back the farmer and said, you know, we got to go ahead to do this. He was there lickety split and tore a hole and... <clears throat> relieve the pressure of this mudslide well i know i mean I, again we are getting away from stretch of fires but as we always do we we wander but uh, also um using that we've actually used that during flood season um to block we had to dig out one of the storm drains because if we did not get the rest of the rubble out by where the storm drain was um because it had blown uh, you remember when it took out all that embankment it was going to run right over the highway and we were evacuating everybody in the in the road is that shot of me you and scott on the bridge oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. so if we didn't if the backo didn't dig out all of that stuff mm. it would have blocked the storm drain flooded over the top flooded out the entire highway for one portion of about maybe 50 feet and took out as many houses that were in that path as well because it took out the culvert and then just flooded everything else at the top right so just think outside the box you have to especially uh, especially as volunteers you may not have all of the pieces of the puzzle in your in your fire hole, but they may be just sat around you, and you you just you need to think outside the box to make sure you know those things are there if you need them. I think uh, one of the reasons why uh, that term "innovate, adapt, overcome" came about, um, I saw a picture once of a uh, some rural rural department in the in the states here. Um, they had a front end motor. And speaking of elevated water, they had, the front end loader was at the max, and there was a guy in, sitting inside the bucket of the front end loader with the hose, um, using that as his elevated water. <clears throat> I think I've seen that meme. We'll try and find it. We'll, we'll get it posted. That was a good one. Uh, <clears throat> now, we also have, we spoke about before, we've got a rescue truck, um, which we rarely, but have pulled in on stretcher fires. We can use it for mainly for the lights is what we've used it for setting up um, situations like that where we we can use it for for lights and things like that light not, the scene Rob. not just lights but it's got SCBAs on it mm-hmm. yeah, spare sure bottles yeah. Um, yeah yeah so it's got rehab charge tent too it does yes it does have the rehab the rehab the rehab is yeah the rehab is going to be I mean it's important we use it a lot well it was a major time last summer. Yeah, that was during a grass fire, but, but with those tents and stuff on there, that's it's a good it's a good source for the rehab. Yeah. So our um, our vehicle, as we we're saying, we've got rehab tents. So we've got uh, a few gazebos that we have thrown on there. Uh, where we are in the summer, it gets into the the forty degree mark. 
Um, Celsius. Celsius. Hundred <laughs> plus to the uh, American listeners. Yeah, and uh, it is it is hot. It is hot, and if you're fighting any kind of fire, regardless of whether it's structure or not, uh, you can imagine when you're wearing your full gear uh, and you're you're working hard and you're you're doing the doing the job. That rehab is especially especially important. Um, so we have ambulance on on scene at the same time checking our vitals, making sure we're good to go back in and do the thing. Um, so that vehicle comes in, drops off those pieces. Again, we've also got that there as a um, it's kind of a an, an oh crap button of there's another stretch of fire and we've got two tied up. That thing can still pump. I mean, mm-hmm. it's got the stuff on there for every job that needs to be done. So that vehicle can still be utilized in, in those scenarios as well. I think there's been times we've utilized the rescue truck as kind of our manpower on the structure fire scene. So that the other unit two was free in case there was another call somewhere else in the production area. Right, right. Mm. right. So we've used it as a, as a supplementary just to, for cleanup to be able yeah. to free up a second. Basically, unit. here's some manpower. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, pretty short episode. This was more of a tie-up from the other two. Um, I don't know, I've got no more on the brain for these sorts of things. Uh, we're pretty much, we've, we've touched on each one of them, I think. Uh-huh. I think we've talked a lot about the different kind of utilities, even thinking outside the box type of thing also. Yeah. Yeah, that came out of this pretty good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Scott, you got anything else on those? Uh, no, other than, uh, I know in the past, we had, uh, we went to so far to have personal vehicles sometimes, again, uh, mainly for wildfires, where we had the portable, uh, if you had portable tanks, we, we could put on people's trucks, like members' trucks, we haven't done that in quite a few years, mm-hmm. ever since we got enough uh, bush trucks, or forestry trucks, and I guess the forestry trucks, that, that's another source of, uh, of manpower, because um, sometimes uh, the van doesn't come out right away. You know, with a pickup truck, it's uh, you know a twin cab. It can it can shovel shovel uh, manpower as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And we've again we've used that forestry truck on structure fires that have turned into interface fires, and now we've got a wildfire due to it. And then obviously having the forestry truck there for those pieces, um, just for containment on that side as well. Mm-hmm. You know, the old drive and spray, super useful. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think making a note there to supplement Scott's comment there about uh, personal vehicles. We've utilized um, personal vehicles for transporting patients on calls. <laughs> Mainly because yep. of the terrain. <laughs> We've utilized personal vehicles on uh, some fire calls. Again, terrain. Like Just a disclaimer. Please check your insurance policies yeah. before doing <laughs> said actions because you may not be covered. Yeah. <laughs> We definitely got clearance before using those vehicles yeah. for those goals. But Absolutely. But whatever you need to do yep. to get yep. the job done. Get the job done, for sure. Yep. Well, I think, too, you know, if we're wrapping up here, too, is there's probably something we haven't thought of or seen. And maybe if some of our listeners have a apparatus or piece of equipment that they utilize as their utility vehicle, we'd love to see a picture or something if they want to share on Facebook. So... Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Something outside the box. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. If you've got something strange in your neighborhood, and uh, you know, we're gonna post that. You're looking for somebody yeah. to call. <laughs> and, uh, speaking of strange vehicles, since we're on apparatus, 
Spencer, could you talk about the um, sorry, the uh, engine that the uh, guys in the mountain used to have? I don't oh. think they have it anymore. Yeah. The, their first tote bumper? Yeah. Yeah, they're, one of our neighboring departments, uh, when they were first forming, they bought a bunch of used equipment. One of the pieces of used equipment that they bought was an ARFF truck. And that's an airplane crash rescue truck. Holy. It was huge. Uh, and they use it as a forestry truck. Um, they, uh, they, um, I don't know where they got it or how much they bought it for, but I think they realized pretty quick that it wasn't going to do what they wanted it to do. Sure, it had a turret and a big, powerful water cannon, but I don't think it had a whole lot of, uh, a whole lot of water capacity on it. Right, right, right. Yeah, so it couldn't do a whole lot. I, I, I think it also had like the worst turning radius in the world. Yeah, <laughs> in a forestry awesome. environment. Yeah, because it's, it's literally designed to go straight down a runway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how is that for? How is that for? Uh, for wildfire control? I mean, I it would like, it would it, kick it's ass. It's got some reach. It had go wherever. Yeah, want. yeah. Mm. But I think they realized pretty quick that it wasn't the tool for their job. They they probably had. Um, crash rescue truck glory in their eyes and thought hey this would be really cool let's buy that yeah, and then point. realized that maybe they should rethink I don't know that. if you said did it re it required probably a special license or well, I don't know. certification to be question. able to drive that too because yeah. it's a big ass vehicle yeah. well, it would yeah, be oversized for sure yeah I'm going to think it would be interesting high on it. I was just about to say the same thing maybe they'll get Tradesies. stars in their eyes or something Tradesies. Hey, all you listeners out there in podcast land, if you guys are employing a Hayab to some degree of success, send us some pictures. Yeah. Um, prove me wrong. <laughs> prove the Spence wrong. Yeah. I was going to go the other way. I will go the all other way. you listeners in podcast land, if you have a unicorn that <laughs> happens to be a single axle, automatic, 2,000 plus bike? gallon... Uh, water tender that you're selling. You better say Imperial Gallon. Imperial Gallon mm -hmm. water tender that you're selling. Yeah. Uh, give us a message. Yeah. We, uh, we are looking. We're in the market for tenders? Uh, unicorn tenders, though. Unicorn yeah. tenders only? Yeah. Mm -hmm. We're going to hopefully broaden our reach. Uh, fleet? fleet? Well, yes, no, but we're also going to open up the parameters that meet the requirements. Of our chief, maybe. What are you so. talking yeah. about? What? <laughs> <laughs> We've got really hard parameters to try to uh, meet. Okay. Um, so the, we're, the, the we're chiefs, hoping we can massage. The we'll, yeah. Well, it was a it was a very <clears throat> loose conversation, which has turned into a group of us are trying to find another water tender to upgrade our old one, which happens to be a manual. Uh, and like Rob said, manual transmission. A manual transmission. Yeah. It's today's theft deterrent. So we yeah. we looked around our thirty-ish member department and said, let's put up our hand. Who could respond to a fire with our our second water tender? You would see a very small amount of hands go up. So yeah, right. Rob's like maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe a little. Yeah, like there's some people that would get it there. There's some people that would be comfortable getting it there, and then ninety percent would say no chance. Yeah. Really? So Could yeah. Get it moving. Yeah, yeah. It would sit in the hall. So <laughs> it's great. 
but the people that are capable of driving it these these days is less and less and less so we're in the market if we can find one for a good deal we are looking so yeah there's a lot of departments out there we uh i hear there's airplanes that fly to everywhere so we would be willing to come and fly in drive out bring you some merch yeah <laughs> exactly i'll trade you a dtff sticker and a t-shirt for your unicorn water tender i'll sign it <laughs> sign it okay All anyone right. anyone for any more any more for any more I think we did well on that. There was yeah. some room silence there. Yeah. I'm amazed we got that much out of utility vehicles. That's yeah. what happens, see, going yeah. off going off uh, off subject as always. Yeah. Uh, well we don't go off subject and I'm sure Marshall's gonna disagree. <laughs> I wanna hear his take on the ladders in Australia. Yeah, That's Marshall, right. tell Marshall us, hit us up. Tell us what's mm. the what's the deal. Are you, can you, are you not allowed to go over two meters? What if that hits you? Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Nosebleeds. I'm yeah, I, <laughs> I can't go over you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 and on that Ash, Carl, Jeff, good evening. Rob, good night. Mr. Spence, good night, Carl. And Scott from California, yay! <laughs> <laughs> good night. <laughs> good night, everyone.